Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shook Guzman. Hello, Laura. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm taking a deep breath. Got lots going on. (laughs) Deep deep breath is so good. Deep breath is so good. And I've really been enjoying our podcast series. Like for those of you who are just joining us, we've been doing um, a three-part series every time of a specific topic. And it's allowed us to go really deep and really, you know, into a lot of aspects because some of the topics we talk about are really deep. They have a lot of pieces to them and components to them. And so that's been really exciting. And we're going to continue that for a while. Um, We decided that today we're starting a new series and we're going to do the topic of over-owning and under-owning our responsibility. So we'll give you a lot of context around this, but this is something that I deal with constantly with my clients, definitely have dealt with a lifetime in myself. And, you know, I see it repeatedly with my friends and family as well. And I think as women, we're so quick to overown other people's responsibility and underown the responsibility for our own self-care, our own balance, our own needs. And so that's really what we want to talk about today. Yeah. I also love that we're doing this series because it allows for us to dive into these topics. Um, sometimes we get really excited and revved up and then we have to wrap up a session. It's like, oh, there's so much to say. Um, and there really could not be a better topic that deserves the three-part series than this topic yeah. right here. Um, yeah. I've also found myself, I've struggled with this and many of my clients have struggled with it. And I think that it's one of the biggest um contributors to burnout. We're going to talk about what is over-owning and under-owning, but just, and I'll say more about that. Um, But when we don't understand our boundaries, what we don't understand energetically, what we're responsible for, and we're not valuing, um, you know, ourselves and the ways we should, then we start burning out quickly in our business and in our relationships and our life. So I think we have a lot to to dig into on this one. Yeah. And I think that really is the core. Like what I wanted to focus on in today's episode around this topic is really, you know, why is this even important for us to talk about? And what are we talking about? What does it really mean? And I think next week we're going to dive more into where is the line between what's over owning and under owning? Because I think people really struggle with discerning, is this just my responsibility or is it not my responsibility? So we're going to talk more about that. And I think the third episode, we're going to explore some structures and some strategies and what are some ways that you can put in place some boundaries and some pieces in your life so that you aren't 
over-owning and under-owning. So I think it's going to be really good. But I think for today, you know, one of the main reasons why this is such an important topic is because of the burnout. I mean, we are in a world of overwhelm, of burnout, of exhaustion, of, you know, going beyond our capacity. Like this is what almost every woman I know is experiencing. And because of that, a big, large portion of that is because we were over-owning so many things that are not our responsibility, that are not things that we need to be taking care of, that are not even ours. And I think if you're an empath or you're an introvert or you're a sensitive soul, if you're any of those things, you probably are uh, taking on even more than the normal person in terms of what you're over-owning. So this is a huge topic and it's really, really important. Yes, yes. And I think that, you know, we've traditionally may have heard other terms for over-owning, like um, over-functioning, over-caretaking, like, you know, too much caretaking. And that's something we're definitely going to talk about. But I want to say that traditionally you might've heard more of like, Oh, I'm caretaking. I'm taking that on, um, too often and in relationships and like emotional caretaking. But as women have moved into more and more spheres, as we're running our own businesses and managing our own families, that we are not just caretaking. We're actually just over functioning in all the different levels. And yes, that means taking on additional care tasks, but it's like taking on responsibilities that are not necessarily ours to do. And so I'm thinking, you know, what are some other terms you think that your clients throw out on you when they talk about over-owning, like the ways that we think about this? Well, I, I actually don't think many people even perceive it as over-owning, right? They, so many people are stuck in this place. They think this is just their job. This is just their duty. This is what they're being paid for by their clients. This is what they're doing in terms of their family. Like it's their responsibility. I think very few people even are aware that there's any kind of overage. (laughs) Some people have been doing it their whole life, like me. And they're kind of like, well, this is just who I am. This is just my identity. This is just, this is like how I've been praised my whole life. You know, the more I overown, the more people love me. You know, like (laughs) there's so much in that. (laughs) That is so true. And actually, so I'm thinking what they present with, if it's a problem is it's time management. I don't know how to manage my time. I don't know how to do this. I'm not productive enough. And it's like, that's where people start throwing themselves under the bus, thinking there's something wrong with them, that they have some sort of challenge or some sort of lack of skill. But when you actually are taking on that much, when you're over-owning, over-functioning, you're actually not having a time management problem. You're having an energy responsibility problem. Like you, there's just no amount of hours that you could have in a day. Like it's impossible for you to be doing all that you're doing in a day or in a week or in a month. And so we're setting ourselves up for feeling that we are somehow inadequate in other areas and we don't call it over functioning or over right. So yeah, I'm glad you, yeah, pointed that out. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because I do talk about time management in my business and with my clients, but you're exactly right. Hardly ever is it actually time management. It is so much. They've got too much on their plate. They're trying to do too much. They're owning too much. They're responsible too much. Like it's all of that. And I think so it's like you can address the time management and you can help put in structures for time management and you can assess what you need to get off your plate. You can learn all kinds of strategies around time management. But if you aren't handling the way that you are 
functioning, the way that you are operating, your behavior, your habits around overowning, then that is a real problem. And what are some of the ways we overown? Well, we take on too much, right? We, oh, well, our friend wants a little help. Okay, yeah, we'll help you. Even though we literally are working a million hours a week, we've got our family, we're, we're already dropping all of our balls, but oh, but you need something? Yes, I'll drop what I'm doing right now and I'll help you. Oh, that the extra project? Yeah, sure. I'm not getting really paid for it, but I'll take it on. Yes. Oh, that that thing for our child's school? Yes, yes. I'm going to I'm going to take that on as well. Like we say yes to way too much and we're afraid to say no. And sometimes we even judge ourselves and look at ourselves or think we're not brave enough or good enough or, you know, we're not uh, strong enough and something's wrong with us that we can't handle it all when literally nobody in the universe could handle it all. Right. Yes. Yes. And that self, um, like you're saying, self-blame, like I'm not generous enough, you know, yeah. when you're already giving way beyond your capacity, you know, you, people tend to measure themselves as like falling short in the generosity character uh, category. And then, you know, it's also women are notorious about taking on volunteer roles. You know, Ugh. we are much more likely to take on roles that we're not getting compensated for because we feel a sense of responsibility towards yes. our family, towards our neighbors, towards our community. And it's a beautiful thing that a strength that women have is that we are so generous, but we can't sustain that level of generosity if we're not also understanding that um, and what we're going to talk about next time, there's a line there of like, what is our responsibility? And then where do you go and take care of yourself to manage that yes. energy? Because yes. a depleted mom or a depleted leader in the community or a depleted business owner isn't going to do anybody any good at the end of the day, right? Exactly. So like just burning all that out. <laughs> Yeah. And it literally is like the put your mask on first, right? Put your oxygen mask on first. We are so notorious for putting our oxygen mask on everyone around us, our family, our parents, our kids, our clients, everyone is good. And once everyone's good, then I'll put my oxygen mask on, right? But that is so the opposite of the way it needs to go. And I think it's interesting because as you look at sort of how culture has changed, I mean, when women weren't working and they were full-time moms and full-time domestic goddesses and full-time at home, well, yeah, then they did do a lot of volunteer stuff, right? And they did do a lot of PTA and the things with their kids' school and they did do baking sales and they did because that was their full-time job, right? But what's happening now is there's still some of that feeling and guilt or expectation that we should be doing all this volunteer, we should be contributing, we should be full-time parents and we should be full-time in business. And like, it's impossible. Like we're literally asking for the impossible. And so sometimes it's like, okay, well, let's get our business streamlined. Let's get our business working. If you really want to have a business, sometimes it is getting it to the point where you're able to coast, where you're able to have more balance. And then you can take on more volunteer. But what I see happening way too often is it's not in the right sequence. So everyone's holding on to all these volunteer things and all this extra stuff. And they're trying to like start and build their business. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really unrealistic, you know, expectation. And then if they fail or if they can't do it or they can't juggle it all, then they start to beat themselves up and their mental health severely suffers. And this is what I'm seeing across the board. Depression, anxiety, trauma, all of these things are coming up right in the heart of this because they're trying to manage too much. Exactly. Yeah. And when you are not practicing 
rejuvenation. Like if you're not recalibrating and resetting your body and and this is, um, lack of sleep is a big one. When people are over owning, guess what? They're undersleeping. Yep. Because we can't do it all. So then you're staying up late, sewing those pageant costumes or the, I don't know, the thing for your kid's recital, you know, and then you're getting up super early to get those emails that you didn't get to the night before. And, you know, and then we're just like seeing people chunk their time. Apparently, um, Americans are sleeping only an average of four to six hours a night. And we need to have eight to 10 still. Yeah. Like, I mean, people yeah. are like, oh, that's only for kids. I'm like, not for very busy people. You really yeah. need those eight hours are like your, your gold standard. And and if you can consistently get, you know, six to eight instead of four to six, your mental health is going to improve. You're going to have yeah. less depression, less challenges with anxiety. But see, this is the the problem is that because the culture is normalized, you know, yes. not sleeping and over owning, yes. then people don't actually know anymore what is healthy and what is sort of the the like the standard self-care regimen that we should all be doing like as a baseline, you know? Yeah. And one of the challenges I see is that people are just labeling it all as anxiety or depression. Instead of looking at the habits and the part of themselves that's over owning, right? Or the part of themselves that's under owning their sort of self-care and their personal responsibility. Instead of looking at those things and recognizing, actually, I can just let go of being responsible for everyone else. I can let go of like having to manage everyone else's needs and emotions and battles and health issues and everything else. Instead of doing that, we're just sort of labeling everything as depression or anxiety. We're going and getting on drugs. We're going and getting, you know, thinking something is so wrong with us because we're not functioning normally, but this is not how we're meant to function. <laughs> like We are not meant to be here now in the way we are as humans. The overwhelm, the overcapacity, the exhaustion, the trying to keep up with the Jones, you know, all of that, you know, and in business, it is very, very relevant because everyone is operating at such high capacity in their business. They're generally spending things on, you know, like stuff that just really doesn't doesn't matter, like blogs and content and all of those things, which is not helping them get sales or helping them create the life they want or the business that they want. But they're racing in that environment and they're comparing themselves to everyone and they're trying to live up to, you know, some of these unrealistic expectations and hype. And that is really detrimental to the success of our beautiful women. I know, I know. And what's really so challenging and what I see time and time again is when women are leaving these toxic workplaces to go into business for themselves so that they don't actually keep burning at both ends. Right. This is common. People are like, oh, yep. I can't do it anymore. My workplace expects too much. I'm always plugged in. I have to be responsible. And so they're like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to be in charge. So I'm going to create a different environment. And then what happens is they recreate that toxic environment within their business because they're not really stopping and thinking, being mindful about what actually where's that core intention and how are they going to create those values in their business? Cause it's not easy. It's, it's, 
not easy to just be like, oh, I don't like that toxicity. I'm going to go create something fresh because that was how you were conditioned to behave. Yes. You've also been told like this is a gold standard for customer service to be available 24 seven. People yeah. aren't taught on how to set appropriate boundaries and expectations with their new business and be like, actually, I value my time. So I don't respond to emails after six or whatever. Yeah. People are afraid to set those boundaries. So they're just like doing everything full hilt in their own business. And then guess what? They're back in that same feeling that they experienced in their old toxic workplace. Yes, because wherever you go, there you are. And I think that is a big piece of what we're talking about. Like we have to, and this is part of that responsibility, right? Where do we underown responsibility? We underown it and really looking at what our patterns are and what we're habitually doing. So often we think the other people around us are pulling us or the other people around us are sabotaging our time or the other people around us are toxic and, and wrong or whatever it is. But often Oftentimes, it's because we aren't setting boundaries, because we aren't owning our time and value, because we are not set, saying, hey, this is not okay. I'm not going to put up with this. And, you know, this is where I draw the line. Like, why aren't we doing that? So instead, we're, we're under-owning what we actually have responsibility for, and we're over-owning what we don't have responsibility for. And this is this crazy mixed-up world. And I know, because I deal with this literally on a daily basis with clients, you're sitting in your head thinking, but where is that line? And that's what we're going to talk about next week because it's like, I think when you're sitting in it, you've got such well-worn patterns and well-worn, you know, neurons and pathways in your brain that you can't even see the difference yet. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm so glad we're going to talk about that line. We're going to talk about strategies. But today, you know, if you can just take a deep breath and like hear us and understand you're not alone. Like yeah. we're talking about this because it is a problem that so many of us are facing and yeah. we can't stay silent about it and keep personalizing the problem and thinking that we're inadequate. We are going to bring it out in the open and really break it down because, you know, the thing is, is that one thing you, you know, just said about um, the over, uh, or the under owning is yeah, like under owning our own value or not even um, mm. understanding that you do have a place, an eight self agency, like a sense of control. So the yes. psychological research, when it looks at like the way the human psyche deals with overwhelm, one of the, the quickest ways to bring yourself out of overwhelm is to acknowledge that you're in it, like an awareness that's like, yes. oh crap, I'm in that place. <laughs> I've done too much. I've taken on too much. I'm in overwhelm. I can't even think. So I need to stop and focus. And the only thing that I may have control over, like, so where do you have some ownership? Where do you still have a sense of self-agency? It's usually in that moment, you get to choose how you're going to be. Are you going to pause and take care of yourself? Or are you going to keep plunging into the overwhelm? Yes. That ability to step up and acknowledge the overwhelm and choose to act with self-care rather than self-harm yes. is one of the leading ways that people actually overcome it, who are actually able to recalibrate and not go into a basic, you know, full-blown panic attack or another anxiety <laughs> or whatever it is. And so I just like, I know we're going to talk more about this in strategies, but I just want to say like right now, as you're listening to this, if you're feeling anxious, thinking about, oh crap, you're right. We're all the ways I'm overwhelmed. 
Just take a deep breath (laughs) and know that you are not alone and we're here to help. Like, let's break this down. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so good. And And I think, you know, some of it is reframing it because what I really like what you just said, Laura, is that over owning is actually self harm. It's self harm, right? Under owning is also self harm. Because we're not owning our self-care. We're not owning what we need to be taken care of. We're not owning our value. So that's that under-owning, self-harm. Over-owning, extending ourselves beyond capacity, giving more than we actually have to give, draining ourselves and exhausting ourselves and overwhelming ourselves to give more, that also is self-harm. And I think we've got to start owning that and deciding that and talking about that. Because so often we think it's just what we do, right? It's just, I mean, I know, so for me, from personal experience, experience from years and decades and decades of working on this pattern, you know, I spent my life being identified as the, you know, the ultimate giver. The Asanya is always there for me. Sonya will always be there for everyone. And like, I would just pour out all my energy all the time to friends, to family, to strangers on the street. It didn't really matter, you know? And, and it's not that there isn't a time for that. But for me, I was it was so normalized that I just give everything until I'm drained. And then like I have I get sick or I have to like all of a sudden widen back and completely fill it all up again. And then I do the pattern again. I give up everything until I'm totally drained. I started to recognize this pattern in my early 20s. And I was like, like, here I am again at that spot. I remember writing in my journals at like 20. I'm in that spot again where I literally have nothing to give anyone because I am a hundred percent empty. Now that is self-harm. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly that pattern of like, you know, going and going and going and collapsing. Yes. And then you're not good to yourself. You're not good to anyone. And it's so much harder to get out of versus like the pattern that then, you know, you're, you started working on and I started working on. I think you and I both had these ahas in our twenties. So this is why we're saying like, this is not something you're just going to be able to notice and change right away, but it's starting to identify, oh, I, I'm that over achiever. So that was both of our personalities too. Like it's in school, I was rewarded for being that one that would step up, that would take on extra responsibilities, that would be a leader. And so it became a part of my identity and therefore I kept replicating it. So when I found myself in those situations, it was just, you know, normal for me to step up. And then you're right. Other people expect it too. Then they're like, oh, you're, we don't have to volunteer because she's going to do it, you know? And so then you've got your own expectation of yourself, other people's expectations of yourself. And then it just gets really, really hard to stop. But it's usually when you, your body will hijack you and it'll be like, nope, you're stopping. So this is when you have that first panic attack and you're like, I've never had one of those in my life. What is that? Doesn't mean that you've developed a panic disorder. Doesn't even possibly mean that you have an anxiety, general general anxiety disorder. What it means is your nervous system basically hijacked you and took you out of your over-owning so it could recalibrate it. And it knew that you weren't going to do it. So it does it for you. And it flushes all that energy out and kind of makes the body completely overwhelmed. So it has to go into the parasympathetic. Like that is what an (laughs) panic anxiety is. And anxiety attack. And so like this 
and that is self-harm because that's your body's last ditch effort. Like it does not want to shock you into rest. It wants you to find that on your own, but your body will do it and your mind will do it. Like that's when we have, you know, these moments where we're just like, how could I have forgotten that? Right. Memory loss. People think, oh, I'm getting older. No, you're getting more stressed out. You're like you're owning more. Your brain is probably depleted because of the over full, you know, content. And yes, there is a, there's memory loss with age, but you know what I'm talking about? You know, that when you're just tapped too full and you can't remember the, the things that are normally easy to recall. Yes. You know, and I see so many people go through this, right? And one of the things I just want to pull on a thread that you said earlier is that, you know, this is one of the problems I have with people who don't understand how we work as, you know, a human body. They don't understand the, the nervous system. They don't understand like all the holistic pieces of who we are. Because sometimes you'll have people who will push you. Like, so they recognize you over own or under own or whatever it is. And they like go out and set boundaries. Tell everyone no. Like, just tell your family no and tell them you're not going to help them anymore. And they push you to these limits. And sometimes that is not the... The most healthy thing for you to do because what we're talking about skill building in the overowning and underowning because you want to skill build it takes time and it's about baby steps and sometimes the first step is just being aware that you know you are overowning or underowning and you just start there it's not that you have to do anything with it because what I have seen is I've seen people fall into anxiety or fall into depression because they try to push themselves when they have a seriously deeply rooted pattern that's like tied those roots are all tied with trauma and they're tied with childhood experiences and it's like those are not easy to unwind and trying to dramatically shift everything 100% can actually throw you into panic, can throw you into, you know, more of that trauma. And so I think, you know, we're not talking about, you know, we recognizing your overowning and go slam it and tell everyone, no, you know, <laughs> let's take this in baby steps. And the yeah. first thing is really just your own awareness, your own exploration, your own curiosity, and, you know, really letting go of self-judgment and self-harm and just being more aware of your patterns. Yes. Yes. I love that reminder that it's baby steps because we set ourselves up to fail when we think we go from zero to 10, you know, like, oh, I'm not doing it or I'm doing it all the time to not doing it at all and setting these boundaries. It's going to be uncomfortable to change a pattern that's been with you for a long time and especially one that has identity and sense of worth wrapped up in it. So to all of a sudden say no to anyone who asks your help, that's not realistic. But being mindful and watching yourself say yes to every one of those requests, you might actually just by being mindful, notice that one that you would automatically have said yes to, but because you watched yourself about to say it, you're like, wait, no, no, I can't. Like maybe it's just that one that you start off by saying, you know, I would love to be able to help you, but I'm already committed to several things. And so if you could come back to me and, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe I can help then. Like that can be your baby step is just postponing a yes and noting the one that's easier to say that no to versus trying to say no to all of them. So I like that reminder, you know, just like, what am I doing? And, and, you know, and we'll, we'll talk some more about those and strategies, but I think like 
right now, even mindfulness is thinking about where does this show up the most for you? Because I think everyone has like different areas um, that they do this more than others. Um, I think in my mothering experience, I definitely do it more right now than I'm doing it in my business because just I have a lot of needs coming up and it's really easy for me to be like, I'm the only one. I'm the only one right now that can possibly meet this need for my child, you know? Yes. I mean, it really does go back so much into identity. I mean, you all, we have been programmed from for centuries, for maybe longer than that. I don't even know when we go back to this programming that we are the nurturers, that we are responsible for making everybody happy and nurtured and feeling good. And we are here to serve the men and we are here to serve the children and we are here in service, right? Like this is like so deeply in our DNA and cells, which is why we need to skill build. So, you know, it is why we need to take it step by step. We need to become more aware. We need to see. And let's talk about how it impacts, right? Because, you know, it's one thing to kind of say, yeah, that's probably me, but it's okay, right? It's okay if I overown a little bit. It's okay if I give more. It's probably not okay if I don't give enough to other people, but it's okay if I give a little more, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that is the, yeah. <laughs> that's the general consensus. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, what we need to look at is how does this impact our lives, right? So just looking at the business side of it, right? How does it impact your business? Well, for one thing, you tend to attract the wrong clients because the clients, if you have an over-owning pattern, you're going to attract clients who want you to over-own. And so then you'll end up over-delivering. They'll be needy. They'll need more of you than you have. And so you'll be able to have fewer clients and make less money. So that's just like one tiny thread of how this impacts your business. You'll be more exhausted. You'll have less capacity you'll have less time and eventually over time you'll have less sustainability in your business. So this is one of the number one reasons that people fail out of business. They're totally burnt out. And that burning out is because of their overowning in Mm -hmm. so many of those cases. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great, like concrete example because we don't really, sometimes we think, oh, it's bad. I shouldn't be doing that. Oh yeah. It's going to stress me out. And we're thinking about the personal cost, you know, which is huge. But then the concrete example is like, do you want a business that's set up around that pattern? That is, it was, I I was exhausted just listening to you you describe (laughs) that. Be like, oh, those clients, because they do, they're the ones that need a lot more um, handholding, they have higher expectations, but yep. they come to you because they see that the, they're getting their needs met that way. And you're constantly, you know, like, oh, sh- she never charges me. Like, oh, I cancel and she doesn't hold that boundary and doesn't yep. charge me a no-show fee. Um, yep. Oh, yeah, that that's true. Like when I just told her that I needed a little bit more, she did not, you know, she just gave it to me. You know, yep. it's like that's example in our business. It's not just time. It's like sliding all the things that you're not holding value around. So people just start taking and taking and taking and you're over producing, over functioning, over owning, and you're not going to love that business very long. If that is the majority of the transactions, if that's the quality of business transactions that you have on a daily basis, you're going to just stop one day and be like, why am I even doing this? It's not fun anymore. Like I don't have that joy in doing this. Yes. 
So true. And I think, you know, really in business, it's literally about setting up the agreements with leadership, with boundaries from day one. I mean, I do an onboarding call with every client and say, look, here's the agreement. Here's what you're responsible for. Here's what I'm responsible for. Here's what you're responsible for. And we have those clear agreements from day one so that there's a lot of clarity around you know, here's what I'm not going to overown and do. I'm not going to chase after you. I'm not going to, you know, do all of these things. Here's what you have to do. And I think, well, if we did more of that, right, if we stepped up and led more in our businesses, we would, you know, actually experience so much more um, power, not just in ourselves, but we would be empowering our clients. Like it's the same with our kids, right? I mean, how much, and I am so guilty of this, do I overindulge my kids' desires or resistances, right? Like, oh, they don't want to eat that or they don't want to do that. Okay, well, that's fine. I'll just let you have whatever. And, you know, how many times do I not set boundaries and how detrimental is it for them? It's detrimental for me as well, but it's detrimental for them as well. And I think we're not holding enough people accountable because we're over-owning. We are not empowering people and that's the illusion that we have. We are actually disempowering them. Yes, yes. And I learned that lesson early on as a therapist when I was working with clients, when I felt that I needed to do that work for them because I was yeah. seeing them struggle and maybe they were being resistant to, to really doing the work. So then I'd come in every day with my all my tools, all my ideas, and like, OK, we're going to conquer this. You know, let's work on this. Let's talk about this. And then I would just be so exhausted and I'd go to my supervisor um, and I'd be like, gosh, I have some of these clients that I feel like I'm bringing my A game. <laughs> and then it just continues to, you know, it's not going anywhere. I feel exhausted. And then I have these other clients that I just show up, hold space. I'm like reflecting, but it's so, it flows. It's so amazing. And I'm like, what is the difference? And my supervisor was like, well, that client that you're exhausted on, most likely you're overworking. You're doing yeah. the work. You're working harder than your client. Yes. If you're working harder than your client, then it's not going to go anywhere for them or you. And it's your responsibility as the therapist to reflect that. That's where the, yes. the work is. Like you're, you are not doing them any good. You're actually harming their therapeutic recovery if you're just going in there and working and working and working. And I've okay. seen that with business coaches because a lot of business coaches feel like they've got to be that accountability partner. And they've got yeah. to make sure that you meet your goals. Like that's why you've hired me, right? Like yeah. I'm going to, you know, as the therapist, I'm going to help you break through your therapeutic goals. And as a coach, I'm going to help you with those business goals, those personal goals. And so you just get in there, you know, and start yeah. doing that work. That is all telltale sign that you're overworking is that you feel horrible after those sessions. You don't feel good. You don't feel refreshed. Yep. You feel yep. exhausted. And usually the client is unhappy. So then they keep coming and saying, I'm still in this. Nothing's working and nothing's yeah. working. What else do you got for me? Yeah. <laughs> what else yeah. you got? What else you got? Oh, yeah. And you know what? And you guys, what tends to really stimulate these patterns of overowning is really our insecurities, right? It's our lack of confidence. It's our lack of value. And it's our own insecurities. And when we're in a moment of that insecurity, that is often the trigger for over-delivering, over-capacity, and over-owning. And partly because we think we just need to fix it. Like it's not even that we are necessarily thinking of the client. In the real deep part of ourselves, we're thinking about ourselves. We want to relieve the uncomfortable 
uncomfortableness. We feel like we're failing. We feel like we're not good enough. We feel like we're, you know, we've done something. And this happens so much in business is that, you know, oh, the client's not doing well. That's on me. Oh gosh, I've, I've done something wrong, you know? Like, and we all have this. I don't think, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily ever go away. We get more apt at dealing with it. We get more, you know, awesome about sort of like handling that anxiety. But so often if we have over-owning patterns, one of the first things that will trigger is, oh my gosh, my client's not happy. Oh crap, what did I do? Oh, it's on me. You know, that is a huge part of over-owning. And I think this is a really good place to wrap up for today because I want to go more deeply into where is that line? What is over-owning and what is under-owning and what are those teams? two things look like in the next episode. Anything you want to wrap up with today, Laura? Yeah, I just want to say that's a great segue. It was exactly what I was thinking. It's like this insecurity piece is where we're going to dive deeper the next session, the next um, podcast episode, because we can use that as knowing where we are on that line. Like, where is this coming from? So I'm curious. I'm kind of, it's like dot, dot, dot. We have to wait a week. Um, But I'm really excited uh, to dive in because I think this is going to be the turning point for a lot of people that if you're listening right now and you're just thinking, oh gosh, I do do this, but I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Just stay mindful this week. Notice yourself, you know, where you're giving a lot of energy and where you're receiving, where you're taking care of yourself. Just do a little um, audit, a little energy audit. We've talked about that before. You can go back to previous episodes on energy management. Just like notice that. And then next time we're going to dive in more deeply on really catching yourself earlier on before you're already like, oh, you know, hand in mouth. I just said yes again to that thing I don't want to do. Yes, I love it. That's perfect. All right. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.